Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you for joining me. I have a very special guest with us today. We have with us today entrepreneur, author, speaker and coach Jim Palmer. Thank you for joining us, Jim. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on. Now, let me tell you a bit about Jim. So Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert and in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Dream Business TV, the hit weekly web TV show watched by thousands of entrepreneurs and small business owners. And he's also the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, a weekly podcast based on Jim's unique brand of smart marketing and business building strategies. Jim is best known internationally as the newsletter guru and creator of No Hassle Newsletters, the ultimate done-for-you newsletter marketing program used by hundreds of clients in nine countries. Jim, before we talk a bit about the great insights that you can give business owners out there and, and really help all of us, I'd like us to know a little bit more about Jim Palmer personally. So what was Jim Palmer growing up? What, what kind of, uh, where did you grow up? What kind of upbringing did you have? Influences you had in your life, parents, other people? I grew up in uh, New England, uh, specifically Massachusetts, and then my dad was in uh, manufacturing, and so he started moving around. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, I moved halfway through my eighth grade year and then again halfway through my 10th grade year, which was, you know, it was quite a drag because you're, you're, you know, getting shipped around, meeting new people halfway through a school year. But, you know, when I look back on that now, you know, um, I think that because I was a very shy kid and I think moving me twice during uh, high school, junior high school helped me to come out of my uh, shell a little bit because I had to make friends or else just perish, you know, as a lonely, mm -hmm. you know, kid. Yeah. So, so that really helped me. My dad being in business, I was always fascinated with business. And so I, I learned early on about business from him. I got my first job when I was 15, uh, working in a bicycle store. And little did I know that part-time job would lead to about a 25-year career um, and uh, I ended up uh, working for a national franchise. We franchised uh, bicycle stores. We uh, grew a small chain of 14 stores to 80 stores in 18 states. And uh, then I started, uh, I started a music association and uh, worked for a training company and all that before I started my own business. So as far as influences, I guess the primary one was my dad. But I think uh, my memory is when I was in my early 20s, when I first became a manager, I really started reading a lot of business books. I think the very first um, bio of a business guy that I read was Lee Iacocca's book back in the days when he, you know, when he kind of rescued Chrysler. If you, I don't know if you're familiar with that whole story, but and I was fascinated with how they did negotiations and things like that. And then I just read book after book. I must have, you know, my library initially probably had five or six hundred books. I gave most of them away, but um, mm -hmm. so uh, anyway, that's kind of a little bit yeah. of, of the background. Yeah, I've, I love reading business books and reading bios of successful people. 
are there any other books that you can think of that stood out that out of all the books that you've read that you you like to recommend to people whether it's personal development books or business related books you know for there was a time when um before i started my business i was really getting into the uh uh cia and spy type novels and things like that now once i became an entrepreneur i pretty much consumed nothing but business books entrepreneur books and strategy and marketing type books but one of the things i learned because i've become a fairly good copywriter is because of reading all of those books especially the the uh novels and you know nonfiction books there's a very um there's a very good way that they write that keeps you hooked so you keep turning the page and mm. go from one chapter to the next. And so reading that many books really helped me, I believe, to become a, a writer myself. Um, I would say the, you know, the book that um, – and the, probably the marketer and, and, and entrepreneur that changed the course of my business life the most was a book by Dan Kennedy mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Glazer Kennedy fame and – um, the first book I ever read of Dan Kennedy's was No BS Direct Marketing for Non-Marketers or something like that. And that book just, I mean, uh, I really I really like and appreciate, and I write my own books in a conversational style. And that's where I learned Dan. Basically, it seemed like a conversation in print. And that's what really got me going. I reflected so much on what he was teaching in that book. I remember I was on vacation when I read the first one. I went back to the house and jumped on my... Uh, laptop and I ordered every book that Dan wrote and, and had right. them shipped to me when they were there when I got home and I've consumed yeah. them all. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Dan Kennedy because I know a lot of very successful business people, especially marketers, direct response marketers, talk about Dan. Uh, sadly, I haven't read any of his books, so I definitely want to do that. So thanks for that recommendation. Sure. And and it's also interesting what you said about the novels because I've, I've heard a very successful, another very successful direct response marketer say exactly the same thing. He likes to read novels that are very successful novels because there's so much you can learn about why are people actually reading those novels. So the style of the novels can definitely help you. Yeah, there's an author, James. I, I believe it's James Patterson. There's probably three or four that have, there, there's usually continuing characters right so and which is another smart strategy because as soon as you finish one book and you're like man that was awesome the next time you hear that that character and i remember there was a, a series where mitch rap i think was the cia guy and as soon as i hear of another mitch rap book i just order it because you got to see what <laughs> mitch is up to right but anyway I'm, i believe it's patterson who writes very short chapters some of the chapters in his books could be three pages or five pages and i always wondered about that and I think I heard an interview and he basically said, uh, sometimes people will sit down at night and decide they're going to read a chapter. They don't like to stop halfway. So they'll read a chapter, put the bookmark in and close it for the night. Patterson, you read three to five pages and you go, oh, I got to keep going. And then even it's bedtime, but you go, well, I'll just read one more chapter. And it, and it helps you get through the book, which is, by the way, a very there's a copywriting lesson in there for for Internet marketers and any kind of marketer. You, you always want to have short paragraphs air them out, uh, use some bullets, use some call outs and all. So in other words, if you look at, a, if you look at, well, the old expression is if you look at war and peace, it's like about 800 pages of small print jammed together. And it, <laughs> it looks like it'll take you 10 years to get through. Right. But if you look at Patterson books, he probably writes them in a, you know, probably a 10 point or 12 point times Roman, maybe even space and a half, very airy. So it looks like it's not a project or a chore to actually yeah. read the books. So there's a lot of lessons in there. 
Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Now, Jim, you've had so you mentioned, and we talked about in the intro, and you also mentioned you had successful businesses. You've been involved in successful businesses. You've you have now multiple businesses. What advice do you give to people that are starting out that want to create multiple streams of of revenue, multiple mm-hmm. streams of income? Do, should they start out with several businesses, like two or three businesses at, at once uh, at the beginning, or should they start off with one and and get that right and then move on to the next one? Which way did you do it, and which way do you teach? I would suggest a great question, John. I would suggest doing it the way I did it, which is you have your core business, you get that up and running. It's hard to start a business. I mean the the success rate, I mean, literally 80% of most small businesses fail within the first five years. So you really got to get your first business up and running. And then what you do is, I mean, you don't wait to do it, but you start listening for what your customers are both asking for and talking about. So when I started No Hassle Newsletters, uh, the the first kind of incarnation of that program, it was about content. I was providing uh, my members, the people who subscribe to it, um, probably I think I started with 12 pages of articles, you know, of a general nature that they could use to uh, fill in on their own newsletter. Mm-hmm. And then when I wrote my first book, which was called The Magic of Newsletter Marketing, people were, you know, I described the right way to create newsletters and templates. And people started asking me, hey, Jim, we read your book and I know there's a certain way to design a newsletter. I'm a small business, I can't afford to hire somebody what do you, you know, what suggestions might you have? And literally about a month later, I, uh, I added to no hassle newsletters done for you templates. I started with one, I added two, I think there's like 14 different templates I provide every single month and they're completely done. So they're, they're ready to go. Of course I upped the price and we kept growing from there. And then, uh, so now if you look at that, I had two streams of revenue. And then um, I think about four months after that, John, I was exhibiting at a conference and I had uh, probably three or four of my members were there and they said, hey, we love No Hassle Newsletters. We love the content and and I love the new templates and everything. But, um, you know, you also mentioned in the book, this is how powerful the book is, by the way. And plus I was doing videos. They said there's a certain way that you suggest having the newsletters printed and folded uh, so they stand out, you know, with the other mail in the mailbox, can you recommend a printer, Jim? Now, at that point, John, I I had started to train my brain not only to listen what people were talking about and what their needs were, but I came up with this uh, expression in my head. I didn't didn't verbalize it to the people who were asking me, but I said – I could either make a recommendation or I could create another revenue stream. So again, about 30 days later, I created my next business called Concierge Print and Mail on Demand. And so I I, uh, hooked up with a friend of mine who had a printing business, and I said, I'm going to send you uh, a PDF print-ready newsletter templates and a mailing list, and I want you to print and mail them for people. And he gave me the price for different quantities, and I created my own price. I took that and put a markup on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some months, John, I'm I'm printing 40,000 newsletters for my clients, right? And um, and then the next thing was, uh, Jim, you you employ a lot of writers. Can you recommend somebody? I want to get some articles written or some blog posts and things like that. Now, that was easy, so I created customarticlegenerator.com, and so people can order articles. They fill out a form. What you know? What's the topic? What are some of the keywords? Who's your audience? Things like that. And then my writers will write these articles custom. 
And, um, and so that's the next one. Then we created no hassle social media and all we created Pinterest graph, Pinterest graphics, and we just kept going as, and so really the lesson there, John, is I started with my core business and got that going, got it healthy. And then I started adding services, if you will, that were complementary. So I didn't have to go out and find entirely new customer bases for each and every product. You know, when I started the printing, well, obviously a number of my clients printed. We also have people that use our printing service that aren't No Hassle Newsletter members. And then we have people order articles that aren't members of No Hassle. So it's all, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of crossover, if you know what I'm saying. So you want to get your core business going and then figure out different ways. Because I'll tell you what, the most expensive thing for any business is the cost of acquiring a customer. And mm-hmm. once you have a customer, once they've shown that they trust you and find value in what you're selling, man, why don't you just figure out other things that you can sell to them instead of trying to always go out and find new customers? Yeah. And like you said, Jim, it's not hard because I've, I've noticed the same thing in, uh, with my list and my following. They, they're coming to me and they're asking me, oh, yeah, whenever they ask me a question, if it's something I'm not currently providing then I can definitely do the same and they do that so it's not it's not hard to get that feedback from your customers because uh, especially if you provide a quality service if you're approachable you'll get that kind of feedback automatically I mean you can definitely ask too you can always email your list and ask them what's their biggest frustration you know, I coach an awful lot of entrepreneurs, John, and one of the things when the, that's what they say, well, how do I get another revenue stream? And I will ask them about their customers. Tell me about this person. Tell me about that person. How do they come to you? Well, they were referred. Okay, who referred them and how do you think you were referred? In other words, what did they say? Well, you should contact John. He's good at such and such. All of those things will uh, give me clues as to how the customers are thinking about you and what they know about you. And by the way, if you ask uh, a dozen people, you're probably going to get at least six different things that they say. And there's clues in there. So a lot of times entrepreneurs, uh, I describe entrepreneurs as firemen sometimes because they come in every day and they're doing nothing but putting out fires. What's the what's the emergency I got to take care of today? And oh, there's another one. And you need to be proactive in your business. And one of the hardest things to do is to train your brain when you're talking to uh, existing clients. This is why I think you have two ears because you listen with one ear. You look, you're obviously, if you're in person making eye contact or just paying attention on the phone, but you're listening and you're having a dialogue, but you train your other ear to be listening for opportunities. So you got your listening ear, your dialogue ear, and then you got your opportunity ear. And sometimes you'll hear things in conversation that if you just, if you're not just focusing on the conversation, you're looking for opportunity, you're going to hear about it. And Jim, when someone's initially starting out with their core business, so they've got an idea there and they've created their product or service and they're going out and looking for customers, if you had to only choose one marketing tactic, which one would you choose, Jim? Oh, goodness. This question always gets me because, you know, I teach something. I'll give you an answer, John, but I, I got to preface it. I teach something called the Million Dollar Platform. And so how I have marketed and grown my business and how I continue to do it today uh, is multiple platforms. So obviously there's the Internet, there's email, there's blogging, there's article marketing. Um, there, I, I do use Pinterest. So I'll have somebody do that for me. I have uh, newsletters. I have video. I have my podcast. Uh, I have my books. I'm speaking. I do interviews like this. All of them, they all, it's like the ingredients to soup. They, every ingredient 
uh, eventually comes together, whether there's a big ingredient or a tiny pinch of this, comes together to make great soup. And great marketing is put together with a whole series of things. But if I had to do just one, only one, I would choose video because video by and large has built my business more than anything. I've been doing uh, weekly videos for six years Six years, weekly videos. And the reason I do that, well, it should be obvious, but the reason it works, I should say, is that people get to know me. Uh, they feel they uh, know me beyond just the written word or beyond reading my books. Because, you know, when you're doing videos, you should be authentic. Just kind of be yourself. So kind of like I'm talking to you. I'm just, you know, mm -hmm. talking about stuff. That's how I do my videos. Yeah. And so people really, they feel like they get to know you. And that's a very important part of, of uh, growing your business is having people get to know you. And so anyway, I would choose videos if I only had one thing. Okay. And with, with video content, Jim, how do you do it? Do you, is it you in front of the camera? Do you do, um, yes. screen, screen capture video? Okay. You in front of the camera and you, when you create the video content, is it on YouTube you're releasing it? Is that the main platform? Are you putting it on your Facebook page or do you, do you syndicate yeah, once, it? Different it's locations? yes, yes. And yes, John. So mm. once again, it's multiple things. So when I create a video, uh, I will upload it to, um, to Facebook. But then I give my video, I give the title and a short description to somebody on my team, and they will put it on YouTube. They'll put it on a website that I've created just for videos called dreambusinesscoach.tv. Uh, they'll put it on multiple um, video sites such as Vimeo and all. There's probably half a dozen or so mm -hmm. um, popular websites. Um, and then we promote it in my newsletter. We promote it on my blog. Um, all kinds, it, it goes everywhere and, and we promote it off and we don't just put it up there once and, and let it lay there. Yeah. And I, I tell the same thing to my clients as well, Jim, I tell them video is fantastic because of the, uh, there's just so much you can do, create so much goodwill. You can cr have a connection with clients that you cannot create in any other way. So much free publicity you get for yourself by publishing it on Facebook and YouTube. And some of the comments I get back or the hesitations people have is I'm not I'm, I don't want to go on video so right. when someone gives you that concern Jim what do you tell them John my um, my coaching clients have this expression and I, I use it now but they well somebody said it to me once they say Jim is very good at dishing out tough love <laughs> right. and so I'll say listen I'm telling you what works. It's been proven to work. And if you don't want to do it, then I guess you're not serious about building a dream business. Um, and that may be okay. If you want to have a business that does whatever uh, and you can get there, well, then, you know, God bless you. But if you really want to have a business, multiple streams of revenue, you don't want to do cold calls anymore, you want a constant stream of clients and this, that, and the other thing, I will teach you those. But the minute somebody says, I'm not sure I want to do that, I'll say, okay, you know, you're, you're taking an ingredient away from the soup recipe and it may not harm it in a big way but you take enough ingredients out and it's not going to be good soup and you're not going to have people buy it is you know kind of the metaphor and um I'll, I'll tell you something i i'm one of the reasons I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good coach is that I share many of the lessons that I've learned in 15 years in business and i'll tell you one john uh, about eight years ago um, I was, I was struggling a little bit. I was, I launched my coaching business about seven, eight years ago and I was in this high, high end mastermind group and I was saying, you know, I'm doing good. I got this, that and the other thing, but I don't know why I'm not really taking off like some of these other, other people that are 
in a similar space. And one guy, very, very successful, like a multimillionaire dude, he goes, I know why. And I thought I was going to get this nice answer like, oh, Jim, you ought to do this. He really took me to task. And he goes, well, he goes, what makes you think you are entitled to be as successful as these people, your peers and, and people that you mentioned that you uh, admire, but you're not willing to do the things that they do to grow their business? Mm-hmm. And I, I, to be honest with you, it was, pardon the expression, it was kind of like a bitch slap moment, uh, but it was one of the, mm-hmm. it was one of the greatest, most powerful moments in my entrepreneurial journey because I made a commitment to myself right then and there. So, okay, so I'm not crazy about speaking. I'm not crazy about writing a book. I don't think I'm a good writer. And all these different excuses I was giving myself, uh, I kicked them all to the curb and I started doing each and everything. I just started and I got better at it and, and I pretty much do everything. Yeah. yeah I, I remember too, Jim, when I first started creating my first video, it was around back in 2008 and it was terrible. <laughs> like I was, yeah. you could tell I was so nervous and it came through in my expression on my face. It came from my voice, my posture, everything. It was just a terrible video. And I think I still got it somewhere. I cringe whenever I look at it, but you know, it's, it's like everything. It's like learning to walk. You stumble, you fall. It's okay. It, it's normal. So it, it's we're not born with these skills. Uh, we have to develop them. And it's okay to be yourself too. You don't have to pretend to be... I told my clients, you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. Be yourself. Everyone is yeah. unique. And people will uh, connect with you, will have that connection with you. If you are genuine, they'll feel that. And that's a, a very good thing. So it just takes time. You, you know what, yeah. John? Can I share something? Mm-hmm. I, I too... Uh, cringe when I see my first video. And, you know, I thought, well, if I'm a business coach and successful entrepreneur, I should look like it. I'm a t-shirt and shorts guy because I have a home office and, you know, I have suits when I go do my own events, but I'm very, very laid back guy. And um, I like to laugh. You know, I don't take myself too seriously. But when I started doing videos, I thought, you know, typical headshot or torso shot. And I'm like trying to be Mr. Serious, successful businessman. And I Mm -hmm. think they just fell flat. And somewhere about a couple months into uh, doing my videos, I got tired of just doing videos in my office. And I I live right near a lake and we go kayaking. So I got a little tripod because I got a a cup holder in the where you sit in the kayak. And I so I I said, let me go shoot some videos in my kayak. I think that might be interesting. I didn't necessarily change my demeanor, but I thought I could change the background and make it interesting. Yeah. So I go to the lake, I'm getting in my, I get in, I'm getting in my kayak and I slipped on the edge. Like, I don't know if I hit a, some of that green mossy stuff or whatever, <laughs> but I slipped and I got in the water. I fell in the water on my butt, but I held the camera up in the air. I'm like, Oh God, I, I, who cares if I hurt myself? I didn't want to get my camera wet. Yeah. And, um, yeah. so I get in my kayak, John, and I start paddling and I start telling the story I said hey it's Jim Palmer and um, you know I want to talk to you today about the difference between ideas and action I can actually remember the episode and there was a little voice in my head and it said tell them what just happened and oh. I'm like okay so I said hey folks before so I said listen before I get into it and even when I started that language I smiled and shrugged my shoulders like you know I'm going to tell you something funny and I told him what happened. I said, but so I'm actually cold. I'm pretty chilly right now, to be honest with you. But hey, the show must go on. Up till that point, if I got one like or comment or something, it was a lot. All of a sudden, I got like 10 or 15 people posting. Oh, that was funny. I wish somebody caught it. We could see it on America's Funniest Home Videos and stuff like that. And I said, whoa, something just happened here. 
Hmm. And what it was, was I let my guard down and I was just myself for 30 seconds. And I started doing more of that. And today, on average, 1,500 people a week watch my videos. Yeah, that's excellent. It actually comes, I wanted to, what I wanted to ask you next, Jim, and you sort of answered it in that example, is what kind of equipment would you need for video? And, and I know when people ask me, I say, just use what you have. You know, you don't have to yeah. get anything expensive or fancy. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Well, a couple of years ago, I had a real nice Sony camera. I mean, when I bought it, it was $350. I don't know what they are today. But to be honest with you, I shoot videos on my iPhone now. Yep. Um, number one, it's always with me. Um, the quality's great. If it's not right in front of me, I do plug in an external microphone, just a clip-on lapel mic, um, which is like 25 bucks. It's nothing. Because um, sound quality is actually more important than picture quality in a video. You could have the greatest video. I mean, you could be like standing in front of something beautiful, like a sunset or Niagara Falls or something. And if people can't hear, like, if people can't hear you, their sound quality is really bad. <laughs> I was just, you know, moving away from my mic here. If yeah. they can't hear you, it's like a, they're going to turn it off. Yeah. So you got to have good sound quality. But listen, the iPhone 6 or whatever I have, it shoots tremendous video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I, I really appreciate, uh, Jim, you being on the show with us today and sharing those great insights. I've gotten a lot out of it. I know our listeners have. So thank you so much. My now, pleasure. if you'd like to learn more about what Jim is doing and get involved with Jim, you can go to his website. It's getjimparmer.com. Also, Jim, uh, you have a, you've written a book recently. Can you tell us a bit about that and how people can get their hands on it? Yeah, my latest book is my sixth book. It's called Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger. Um, I think it's my most important book to date, and a lot of people say that, but I'll tell you why. So my first five books, were, which are equally as good, they're marketing, strategy books, give you a lot of good info on how to build an, a successful and profitable business. But Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger, uh, for lack of a better description, is a checkup from the neck up. This is a mindset book. And I don't just mean rah-rah go, go, go. I actually share in every chapter some of the things I, I mentioned earlier, John, I, how, you know, I was, I was definitely afraid of public speaking, how I got over that, um, you know, how to be authentic and not worry about what other people think, which the chapter is called Decide to be Immune to Criticism. I talk about a lot of the stuff that goes on, the little voice in our head that says, who do you think you are? You know, you're trying to be all successful. You're nothing, you know, that little voice that we all have. Mm. And so I teach people how to get over that. I talk about what I did and stuff like that. So what I'm doing, um, I've decided with this book, I want to get it into as many hands as I possibly can. So I'm actually giving a free copy of this book. It's not a PDF book. It's an actual about a 200-page paperback. I'll ship it to anybody um, and it's free. The only thing I would ask is that um, people pick up that it's six five. I know you got an international audience, so I, I it's still six ninety five. I think we just shipped the book to Newfoundland about a week ago. It cost me twenty eight bucks, but it's still six ninety five because <laughs> um, I don't want to I don't want to bother with all that rigmarole trying to figure out where it is. So uh, the website for that is decideforsuccessbook.com. Decide f o r successbook.com. You can order it. And it'll get to, it'll get to you. We'll, we usually ship out within 24 hours. And if you pay 6.95 shipping and handling, we'll send you a copy of that book. Great, great. That's fantastic. Again, thank you so much, Jim, 
for being with us today. And also, I want to thank everyone for joining us in today's podcast. Thanks, John. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you got a lot out of it. As a way of saying thank you for being a loyal listener, I've got a very special gift for you. You can get immediate access to my online business coaching program for free. These step-by-step videos will show you how to set up your website, create an automated sales funnel, and also how to drive targeted traffic to your business for literally pennies per click. It's ready for you to access right now. Simply head on over to johnslikes.com forward slash podcast. This is John Ogadaka signing off. I'll see you all next time.